Treoso, and welcome back to the Welsh History Podcast. This will be a special, if you want to call it non-canon episode, that works. It is an episode wherein we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the new year, as it is currently on the publication of this episode, January 1st, 2024. And let's talk a little bit about the direction that the podcast is going to be going in, kind of what the timeline of things will probably be, and some exciting new prospects that are starting, in fact, next week, which uh, we'll discuss a little bit in depth here. So, first off, I wanted to uh, say thank you to every one of you who listens to this podcast. Without you, I certainly wouldn't be able to do this podcast, and without you, I certainly wouldn't be bothered doing this podcast. The heart of the podcast is the listeners. You are the reason why we or in this case, me, continue to research and read and disseminate the information as best as I can in a format which I hope is entertaining and I hope is useful to you, at least to some degree. The idea of the podcast from the very beginning has always been to sort of put it out in a way that's mildly academic, using academic sources staying true to being cognizant of those sources and what they offer and how they can present at hopefully the best a less or non-biased version of events. And it's sort of aimed at the, the later education of people, uh, maybe before university or just after like a first year course, it's never meant to be a really in-depth qualified podcast where, you know, we're in that position where we're looking at things in a very technical manner or in a very academic manner, but we try and at least give you a flavor of what that would be like. And hopefully it encourages you to consider researching and looking into more stuff. I know for me, it has in fact, made me go back and pick up books that I may have glanced at when I was trying to do research on certain things, but either didn't have the time to give them my full attention or they came out after the events. Like, uh, there's a book I've just picked up for Christmas, which was on the Silurys, which came out after I had covered the Silurys. And it does encourage me to think about at some point, maybe going back once we're up to the modern day and kind of maybe going in more in-depth on some of those subjects. But let's talk about 2024, kind of where we're at and where we're going. Of course, we've just barely entered into the third season, as I like to call it, of the podcast. The reason why I call them seasons is effectively you have the, the ancient part of the series where we talk about the Ice Age, we go into the uh, classical periods of Romans and the early Brythonic period. It's kind of season one until you get to the end of independence. And then season two was effectively the beginning of control by England up until the point where we get to the modern era as we enter into the 18th century and 19th century specifically. And that becomes the third season. And probably when we get to the 20th century and 21st century, those will be the fourth season is kind of how I'm looking at it, just kind of to divide it up in a sensible format that I guess only really makes sense in my own brain, but it's, <laughs> it is something I've sort of 
parsed out as I've been working on the podcast and kind of thinking about how I would format it if I was listening to it, what would make up the gist of it. And usually those last around about 100 episodes or pretty close to it. Sometimes they're over, sometimes they're just under. Um, but that's kind of the angle I've always gone with it. And it usually takes me a couple of years to get there as I'm publishing. So with that in mind, what we are going to be doing over this year of 2024 is, of course, diving more into the 1800s, into the effect of colonization, into the effect of uh, the end of slavery, the beginning of the expansion of the vote. As we get closer to the 20th century, we'll be starting to talk about women's suffrage and all of the derivatives of the cultural change that's happening in Britain at the time. And of course, leading up to our biggest and probably most time-consuming eras, which is World War I and World War II, where we'll be delving into much more on those as we get there, you know, the lead-up and all of that, especially on how it affects whales, how it affects whales in both as a nation as well as individually and as people go off to war and the people they leave behind and kind of what those mean but in the meantime, we have an entire century to look forward to, and we've just started into it. We're barely scratching the surface of the beginning. As I'm sure you're aware, we've started this season kind of delving back into the 1700s because we have to go into the foundations of the Napoleonic War from the British perspective. And uh, we're going to probably dive into that for a couple of more episodes down the road we may flitter in and out with stuff that kind of crosses the timeline a little bit longer. Like when you talk about coal mining, you're not going to talk about like 10 years worth. It's always going to be something much longer than that. And we're going to get up to things like the Rebecca riots coming soon. So you're going to have all the influence of the unionist movement and movements into workers' rights that start to expand in this era. And like I said, of course, the abolitionist movement, which is starting to build at this stage, there's kind of this whole perspective that we're going to delve into in much further detail. And I kind of want to give it time to breathe, mostly because I haven't done enough research on it yet to, to fully collect my thoughts and have a, a written document that I can refer to at this point. And I don't want to step into an area where I'm uninformed other than sort of loosely. So I don't want to kind of travel down that road quite yet, but I wanted to kind of bring attention to it because I think that's that's kind of where the podcast is going to end up covering at least for the next probably year. I would expect if we'll be lucky if we get to 1850 uh, in any major degree from a chronological standpoint. Um, typically these seasons, if you want to call them that, take a couple of years. So I wouldn't be surprised if it takes us until 2025, late 2025, before we're sort of at the point where we're covering off most of the 1800s. It could even be later than that. I don't really know. I don't angle. I used to, when I started the podcast, I actually had an outline of kind of where I saw everything going. And then as time went on, it was very obvious to me that that was a very abrupt timeline. Like it would be 50 episodes in and what I thought was supposed to happen by then was not actually on the timeline yet, not even close. Like that's when I start to say, okay, I need to step back and consider kind of where we're at and kind of where we're going and be more aware 
of how I am structuring things so that I'm not limiting myself because one of the biggest issues has always been about Welsh history is that it's not talked about in depth a great deal. And I wouldn't say this is a in-depth podcast, but certainly I think we, we try and give light to both individuals and people. We try and cover as much as we can. And I hope you find it entertaining and interesting, specifically interesting, and it kind of stirs you to go and look into your own examination of the sources because I think there is important stuff that can be read and found that I have not covered either in any sort of depth or at all in some cases. It really depends because I've listened to other podcasts who have covered these history points and sometimes they pick up on stuff that I just didn't think about or I didn't consider or I just didn't have access to. So they, they've offered something different. And with that in mind, let's, uh, let's discuss what's coming next week. So next week, there will be an episode out. It will be actually a crossover episode between myself and the Anthology of Heroes. They did an episode on Owen Glindur, which uh, I am going to publish with them. They're going to be cross-publishing uh, my episode on Llewellyn the Great, episode 85, if you're wondering which one that is. And uh, you're more than welcome to go check them out. I would very much encourage it. Elliot has a very different take on the way he presents it. He has much more of a dramatic affair to his podcast, which I think is is very interesting and quite unique and uh, would definitely suggest it. It reminds me a little bit of the the BBC versions of history where they'll sort of dramatically add sound effects and things, something I just don't either have the time or the ability to make work well enough. I think he's really done a great job with that. So I think it's it's worth listening to. If you haven't heard any of his stuff, certainly start with his first two episodes there and then maybe check out the rest of the podcast. It's definitely a very unique and very cool podcast and something I'm quite excited about. The other thing hopefully coming soon is a uh, another podcast crossover, but that might be a month or two down the road just because timelines aren't quite together but I think that will be fun I'm going to try and do a bit more of that one thing I'd like to do a bit more of with the podcast is do interviews occasionally which is something I have wanted to do for a very long time I just either haven't been able to get things set up properly or had enough interest from some of the people I've approached in the past so I'm going to try and continue to do that we did do that on one occasion and I think it it turned out really good so that is something I probably will be doing in the future. So so look forward to that. I will be making those kind of, I don't want to say non-canon, that's a very weird way of saying it, but effectively they won't be on the episode numbers, uh, just so that when uh, someone's looking at them, they, they understand they aren't necessarily in the feed numbers. But that's with the crossover episodes. With the ones where I'm doing interviews, obviously, those will still be in numbered episodes but they might range across different eras and timelines. They won't necessarily be just this. But I would I would love to talk to a to an expert on some of these things because honestly, it helps me because then I get better informed. And secondly, I think it offers you a better chance to kind of listen to someone who has the experience and has the knowledge that I may not have. Certainly in way more depth than I could ever give it. So that's something I want to do. So hopefully we'll be able to do that over the next year or so and kind of give you guys a bit of a different take on some of this stuff. So this is where we're kind of at at the moment as we kind of look ahead. 
If you're like me and eating healthy is a bit of a problem, let me bend your ear a little bit to eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Kato, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggies. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring. Also, if you're looking for gourmet meals, try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash welshhistorypod50 and use the code welshhistorypod50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code welshhistorypod50 at factormeals.com slash welshhistorypod50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts. So with all of that in mind, I just want to brush a little bit more on kind of projected timelines of what we're going to be doing at least in the month or so. We're going to be aiming at continuing our discussions around the Napoleonic War, kind of the results on the home front, results elsewhere, the experience of Welsh soldiers in those environments, probably not in as great a detail as we've done on some of the things, but we'll, we'll see kind of where we go from there. I want to talk about early uh, 1800s medicine, get into a discussion about uh, the education system. Of course, we're getting closer to the Welsh Blue Book, which uh, creates a great deal of controversy in Wales even to this day the ideas around it, the justifications behind it, some of those things. The other thing we're going to get into a little bit in the next probably couple of months is starting to talk about uh, the social safety net that's set up in Britain by both the government and by agencies outside of the government and how those workhouses, poorhouses, and other derivatives are both positives, negatives, and terror sites for people, and how they worked, what they were like for the individuals there, what the mentality of the government or the agency was in creating and maintaining them, and how those affected a number of poor people across Wales. Because it definitely was not something that just happened in one location. There was plenty of them uh, Puthelli, for example, had one 
that uh, famously for me, in my family history, some of my own relatives were at. So that is something that's near and dear to my heart. So it's something that we will be talking about. And of course, this is the time period of that. If you know your Charles Dickens and the Christmas Carol, he talks about the poor houses and uh, all of that kind of stuff in there. So these kind of get their start in this period as kind of a way to create some sort of social safety net for the very poorest among the population in an ever-growing urbanized environment where there isn't necessarily the ability to grow your own food, there isn't necessarily the understanding on how to do that as some of those experiences that were had and considered commonplace started to die out as people became more and more urbanized. Think of it like yourself, if you live in a city you know, how experienced are you with growing crops? How experienced are you with maintaining a food supply for yourself that you can live on? And that kind of gives you a concept of what happens because this is the period where this kind of mentality starts to begin. The other thing we're going to talk about is the cultural changes that come, some of the advancements that come out of that. We've begun that process because, of course, we've started to gain more understanding of the language, a better development as far as language processing and the development of new word usage but we're also going to talk about cultural events that are starting to happen keep in mind that wales at this point has no capital it is not considered a nation within the united kingdom it is not a member of the united kingdom other than the fact that it is in included with england so it's like england and wales <laughs> and then scotland ireland and so because of that it doesn't have sort of the same level of, I don't want to say respect because that's not the right word, but the, the integration is such that there's not an expectation from a governmental aspect that it needs a capital, that it needs a flag, that it needs to be a part of the United Kingdom flag because it's already there, you know, uh, and all of those kind of things that affect it and create some of the, the touch points that will eventually create more nationalism. And one thing that really comes out of the 1800s, which I think we will be talking about in quite a lot of depth in the future, is nationalism and how that starts to create a sense of other and a sense of self as a product of a country which isn't the same as England, isn't the same as Britain as a whole, and how that creates good and bad aspects to it from terrorism to you know, developing a more and better understanding of the language, continuing to push for its development and the developing of the culture as a whole, and especially in the new writings, new research. A lot of what we have from history comes in this period. A lot of writings begin here about Welsh history they come out of London, but then spread into the rest of Wales, much like everything else, as people are much more academically trained. We get our first universities in Wales for the first time ever. And so there's a lot of things that come in a very short period of time relative to the rest of the history of the country, which will have long-term lasting effects that even today seem commonplace but weren't commonplace before this period and it's something fascinating and interesting that that we need to be aware of we need to look forward to 
And uh, I'm quite excited to get there because I think there's lots of material to talk about. And like I said, when I say a timeline is set up to be a two years to cover this and two years, to cover, it might be four years to get through this century because of how much there is and how much writing there is. Because keep in mind, people are becoming much more literate. People are writing journals. There's a lot more first-person documentation that we didn't have before. And because of that, we have an ability as a researcher, in my case, but as someone who relies heavily upon the research of others, the access to all of those documents and the access and understanding of what's going on from anything from criminal activity to the courts to the day-to-day -day life of your average citizen is much more commonplace, much more recorded, and much better recorded in ways that take us out of the, oh, here's the big noble who did all these things. Here's king so-and-so. Here's prince so-and-so. Here's princess or queen so-and-so. Or, you know, this rich patron who afforded this poet to write all this stuff. You know, all of that stuff kind of slowly dies off in this period. And you get much, much broader appeal to writing and to recording things. And all of that will help us out, but it also opens up a wide swath of information to, to, to wade through. So sometimes that can be problematic for me because simply there's just so much that I can't cover everything I want to cover and do it justice or I need to do multiple episodes to do it justice. And it really depends on what it is. Like coal mining, we're going to be talking about probably every fourth or fifth episode for a while because of how influential it is on Wales and how much it is driving the economy of Britain in this period. And so it's an incredibly important thing. And, and it you can't just ignore it or you can't just do it justice if you're just going to talk about it in one here's a coal mining episode. I think you need to, to talk about what's the effects on the local communities, the urbanization of the communities because of it, the industrialization that's coming out of it. What is the dangers? What are the positives? What are the long-term effects of all of these things? And how is it creating a much more urban Wales that necessarily isn't based on an economy? As we talked about a couple of episodes back, that the economy of Wales is changing so dramatically that after effectively 10,000 years of agriculture being the key economic driver, we're now reaching a brand new economic driver to Wales, one that still affects Wales, at least parenthetically today, in the fact that much of the economy is still based around industrialization, and there is this need to continue to work towards offering employment that features in that. And of course, the other major thing that's coming about in this period, something to keep in mind, is the study of history and the study of archaeology through people who are called antiquarians, who are a mixed bag of things, who I have cursed on a number of occasions, who made me very angry with them when I lived in Wales, because you would go to sites that were obviously ancient sites that effectively they mangled. <laughs> Or in some cases, they redesigned in their own inspired idea of what it should look like. Castel um, Koch in uh, Cardiff is a great example of that. It's very nice, very lovely. I know loads of people that love to go to it because of how beautiful it is. But it irritated me to no end living there, knowing that they did that over top of 
remains of other buildings that were there. <laughs> and to this day, I have never stepped inside of it because of it. it. It made me so annoyed. So those are the kind of things we will talk about. Antiquarians are a fascinating thing to talk about because they're, they're people trying to get to the history of whales and trying to find records. But for everyone who's doing it in a legitimate way, you have the YOLO types who are out there and when they can't find what they want, they make it up or they interpret in such unique ways that it becomes very much something of a trope within the Welsh history and an argument and a complaint about Welsh history that goes on to this day. Just think about the episode we did on King Arthur or the episodes we've done on uh, the Celts and the early influences of the religion or the mythology, whichever you want to call it, and kind of how that's influenced by people from this time period and how their viewpoints affected what we look at today and how we have to sort of disentangle these thoughts. Like, for example, the invasion of the Saxons into Britain is something of a debate that even today we're still not sure what exactly happened. Was it an invitation? Was it an invasion? Was it a military militia that was brought over to help defend Wales or Britain from the Picts? That just kind of got out of hand. Was it a case of they were settlers who were coming to try and settle empty space? Was it a push from the area in around Denmark and northern Germany where there were forces pressing them? So they were starting to push out and came across areas of Britain that were either abandoned or were not highly populated, so thus we're able to intermix with the local community. There's a lot of discussions even to this day that still go on about how much we understand and can see about these things. And a lot of it comes from the interpretations that happened in this period. Uh, look at the way Jeffrey Monmouth, for this period especially, was still believed quite heavily by a lot of people, and a lot of what he wrote still has influence today when we talk about things like King Arthur. It's almost nonsensical, the amount of stuff that comes out that still use him as a source, even though we know for a fact most of what he was doing was completely out of his own head. But with all that, without getting into that bickering point again that I've made many times, I once again want to wish everybody a happy new year. I hope your 2024 is a great one. And uh, I hope this podcast will be a part of it and be something you look forward to every second Monday when it comes out. And uh, I would really appreciate it if you would leave us a like or a review, as those things definitely go a long way to helping others find the podcast. I'm really, really happy with the way the podcast has been going lately, and I'm really happy with the feedback I'm getting from you all. It seems like you're enjoying the podcast. It seems like it's helping to sort of cover an area which doesn't get covered well enough, which is kind of the point and kind of the reason why I started this podcast in the first place. So thank you so much. And uh, once again, I hope you have a great year. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach me at the Welsh History Podcast at gmail.com. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Welsh History Pod or on Facebook, we are there, facebook.com forward slash Welsh History Podcast. And we do have 
a presence on Instagram under that same title and on threads. I'm posting there not quite as frequently, but I will try to be a bit better with that over the next year as I try and find things to post on there. If there's stuff you would like me to post from an Instagram standpoint, forward it to me and I'll have a look and see. And finally, I just wanted to to give a special shout out to all those over the years who have supported me through the Patreon that we decided to start many years ago. It has been the lifeblood of this podcast. It has helped me to be able to afford a lot of the research material that I wouldn't possibly be able to afford on my own. You know, when you're looking at books that cost over $100 Canadian um, for me, and then shipping and all the fun stuff that goes with that, it can be daunting. And certainly, even with digital book access, it's not always the cheapest option. So the money you've sent me over the years has been absolutely invested in that. And that's that I hold that as part of my research process because it's so important. And it allows me to delve into books I may not have been able to go into or subjects I may not have been able to go into. And I really appreciate it. And for all of you that do donate, thank you so much. And for those of you that, that can't donate or just are not able to, thank you for listening. Uh, you're absolutely a part of this community, and I am so appreciative. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the year and your day. And I hope you have a tremendous year listening to this podcast. And I hope it offers you something maybe you didn't know about before. And with that, thank you very much. We'll talk to you all later. Like I said, special episode coming out Monday next week. And then we'll be back on course with our regular scheduled episodes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Goodbye. Welsh History Podcast is a member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. To find more information on them, you can do so at evergreenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.